You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Dialed In National Club Golfers weekly look at the best bets on the PGA and European tours. And please remember if you are having a flutter this week to gamble responsibly. And now let me introduce NCG's form expert, Barry Plummer. Barry, welcome. Hi Steve, how are you? I'm in good form, mate. And before we get started... That is the cheer of success, or at least the best that my flimsy computer's sound effects will do. Uh, why don't you explain, Barry, why we are in such a great mood this morning? Well, I think after the last few weeks of, of hitting the crossbar on the selections, we finally got over the line yesterday with Morikawa at 40 to 1, uh, put him up as Baz's banker for the week last week, and it looked like he was going to run away with it in round three, but then managed to, uh, you know, throw it away a little bit on the back nine of, of round three. And, Coming through on Sunday showed some some real grit to get the job done and quite convincingly in the end. Yeah, decent value for you, Baz, as well. 40 to 1, which uh, puts you in profit for the season so far. Yeah, 23 points up um, for the year so far. Obviously, we've had a number of runner-up finishes as well, a few third-place finishes. So we, we've been there or thereabouts for a while and I've been feeling that the win's going to come. Um, and hopefully it's the start of a few now and we can kick on and get something good this week at the Arnold Palmer. Well, as you say, Barry, Morikawa's WGC victory is yesterday's chip paper. And um, as the old adage goes, people don't remember what you've won, just what's to come. So we've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week on the PGA Tour, one of the storied events. And while the King may have passed away, coming up to five years, I think, um, later on this year, his event at Bear Hill still brings in the crowds and still brings in the stars. What's the field like this week, Barry? Yeah, reasonably strong field. You've seen a lot of players who played last week moving into this week, obviously it being a Florida swing. A um, little bit bigger field this week with it not being a WGC event. Uh, but, you know, as, as you know, Bay Hill Club and Lodge is, is an iconic venue um, on the PGA Tour, as you mentioned. And I think it's going to be a tough test for the players this week. Any similarities with last week? I mean, obviously a lot of water, but apart from that, can you see anything to take from last week that would... Um help your selections at Bear Hill? I think there is a little bit of um, consistency with the fact that this is also, of course, with quite a few long par threes. They were tricky for the players last week. We saw players um, struggling to get down in three on some of them. I think on Sunday, one of them played at 240 um, and players were hitting woods into the green. So I think, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're looking at any similarities, that that's definitely one to be looking at. But this course in particular has got long par threes and reachable par five. So it's certain to have some drama. Um, as we go into the weekend. Well, as you say, Barry, uh, a strong field again this week, headed by Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland in the field as well, along with Tyrrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Paul Casey. Strong European resemblances at Bear Hill this week. Yeah, which obviously is always promising with the Ryder Cup coming up later in the year. Uh, I think it's reflected actually in the selections I've picked this week without going into too much detail at this point. Three out of five of them European players uh, and probably three out of five who who you'd expect to be trying to make a run towards that European Ryder Cup team. So, yeah, it's all looking very positive on the European front. 
Well, let's kick off with your top selection then, who is one of those European players and but for a quadruple bogey at the concession, um, could have been lifting the trophy perhaps himself last week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I toyed over this one, this selection a little bit. It's Victor Hovland, 12 to 1. Uh, I've done him as win only this week, which isn't something that I usually do, but I couldn't avoid him this week. I nearly put him up last week, um, which I mentioned in my preview, but he's just in such fantastic form at the moment that he's sort of becoming a bit of a, a must include really for the selections. Um, he won at the Mayakoba three months ago. His recent form reads two, five, six, two. So four consecutive finishes in the top six. Um, last three months, he was second for strokes gained uh, tee to green, third for strokes gained off the tee and first for strokes gained approach. Now, when you put that into context of why that's important here, Five, all five of the last winners at this event have ranked inside the top 13 strokes gained tee to green and four of the last five winners have ranked inside the top five strokes gained putting. So those two categories are going to be really important indicators for who's going to win this week. Uh, and Hovland maybe needs a little bit of improvement with the putter. Putted okay, 27th strokes gained putting last week. Uh, but as you mentioned, I think with that, that gritty sort of determination to come back from a quadruple bogey in round two and put in a phenomenal weekend to get right up there into second place. He's certainly one of the most informed players in the world right now. And even though he's at 12 to one, which might seem a little bit short, I just can't find a reason not to include him this week. Yeah, if only concessions front nine had been the back nine as well, he would have probably absolutely run away with the tournament. But yeah. I, I think one of the, the, the and, and you, you got to this as well, but I think one of the key things you can take from him last week is, I mean, that was a horrendous um, eight. Um, on his final hole in the second round and and it, and it really could have finished him off um, but instead I think he was five under for his first nine holes I think on the third round and then did a similar job I think on Sunday as well so to be able to have that character to laugh off that kind of um, misfortune that he had and it was a serious misfortune I mean his second shot out the bunker was was not great but his third shot um, was was really quite something. And then to get that lie in the bunker, of course, maybe you, again, you can question the shot that he plays there. Maybe he needs to go sideways rather than trying to trying to take it on. But the way, that I suppose what I'm getting to is the way that he came back from that on day three and day four um, tells me a lot about him, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned there, coming uh, out of that, 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 that sort of round of golf and going straight to be interviewed, he drew a lot of praise from... Um, the, the television coverage because he did smile it off he, he took it in his stride he put it behind him came out in round three um, and posted a really good score so you know if that's the sort of player that we're getting at 23 years of age uh, you know he's going to have a fantastic future ahead of him and he's going to be an asset to that Ryder Cup team which I'm sure he'll make in uh, September. Well, it would be great to see him donning the cardigan on Sunday, if only because you've got him up at five points. Uh, um, but uh, next up for you is another recent winner this year, a veteran compared with um, with Hovland, but a European Ryder Cup mainstay all the same. Yeah, Paul Casey at 28 to 1. We put him up a, a few events back and got a bit of each way profit. Um, and I've gone for him again here this week. He, he's obviously won in Dubai recently and had three top 12 finishes in his last four starts. Um, so his form coming into this event is brilliant. He was ninth uh, at that at the Arnold Palmer in 2016, so he's got some good course form. He's one of only two players, and I found this, this is probably the most interesting statistic I picked up on on Paul Casey. Is he's one of only two players who ranks in the top 30 for all strokes gained categories in the last three months. So the consistency of his game across the board, along with Patrick Cantlay, who's the other player, 
has just been phenomenal. And um, that's evidenced with the fact that he's third for strokes gained tee to green, fifth for strokes gained approach, and 21st for strokes gained putting. He's a magnificent ball striker who tends to putt well. Uh, his recent form has been fantastic. Uh, and he ticks a lot of boxes at this venue for me. And that's why I've selected him. Yeah, he was a player for me that in previous years you could rely on to contend and he might get you, you know, a place. But getting over the hump was was another thing for him in America. I mean, clearly, you know, he's a prodigious winner in Europe. But in America, um, that, that had always proved a stumbling block for him. But then he got over that. Now he's had another win just recently. I mean, his best years seem to be right now. Yeah, and it's bizarre, isn't it, how it works that players seem to hit that that run of form at different times uh, and at different ages. Paul Casey seems to be playing magnificent uh, golf at the moment. And, and that, similarly to Victor Hovland, when I'm looking at whether or not I should include somebody in uh, my, my selections, there's a number of factors that I consider. And actually, I can't find myself talking myself out of picking Paul Casey. And that's an indicator for me that he's, he's a good one to go for this week. And next up for you, Barry, is a former Open champion who's really coming back into some form. Yes, yeah, Francesco Molinari at 35-1. to 1. Obviously famously won the Arnold Palmer Invitational in 2018 and has had three further top 10 finishes in his last six visits there. Somebody who plays there at Bay Hill really, really well. He's had three top 10 finishes in his last four starts, uh, so he's in good form at the moment. Uh, last six months or so, you can see in his statistics that he's starting to make steady improvements and he's gone up to 27th for strokes gained tee to green and sixth for strokes gained around the green. Um, he had a T8 finish at the Genesis uh, where the putter seems to be working quite well for him, which is also another element of his game, which is just getting back to maybe the sort of standard we remember from Molinari of years gone by. Uh, and he's another player who fits the brief really well as a solid ball striker and a good putter who uh, is uh, coming back to, as we mentioned, uh, the form of old. And next up, another Open champion for you, although going back a bit longer. Uh, I, I love this guy. I think he's got one of the greatest swings in the game. I'd like to see him a bit more, but um, but you think this might be a week for him at Bear Hill? Yeah, I've been following him for a little while over the last few weeks. Louis Oosthuizen at 35-1. to 1. Uh, T6 last week, uh, had a really good weekend, but first sort of started looking at him when he played in Phoenix he was tied 11th uh, at the Phoenix um, Open with around 363 which really shot him into contention in the last three months he's actually ranking first for strokes gain putting and 11th for strokes gain around the green so his short game is absolutely phenomenal at the moment uh, and an improvement last week in his tee to green play showed that things are really coming together for Louis at what is a, a quite an important time as we head into the major season and obviously the the big bulk of the season. Um, he was ninth here in 2015 at Bay Hill. Uh, he hasn't had many other strong finishes uh, in, in recent years at Bay Hill, but uh, with that recent form, that can offset a little bit of that uh, when looking at whether or not we should select him. And uh, if things come together as they have been for Louis uh, and he keeps making those steps forwards, then he could well be getting quite close uh, to winning this event. So four selections there, Barry, all heading around the top of the market from 12 to 1 to 35 to 1. But you do like to give us a bit of value each week. And you've got a three-figure selection that you've noted before, I see. Yeah, Matthew Neesmith, 125 to 1. I mean, this price really stood out for me. He's a really good ball striker, someone who you'd think would suit this, this course. Um, his recent form has been really strong. Last three events, 20th, 16th and 7th. 
Uh, and he also shot 63 in round one at the Waste Management Phoenix a few weeks ago. So, you know, when when he's playing well, he can go and shoot really low scores. Uh, his ball striking, as I mentioned, is is magnificent over the last four events. Second for strokes gained approach and eighth for strokes gained tee to green. His first start at the Arnold Palmer Invitational last season um, started off OK. Started off with a 70 in round one, but then 78 in round two to miss the cut. And I think we can forgive him for that. Uh, because he will no doubt have grown from the experience of playing there. And I think coming into this uh, event this week, if his putter can get hot as it did in that round one at um, the Waste Management Phoenix, then he's got plenty of potential at a huge price. So those five selections for everyone to get their teeth into there. But of that uh, Cinquet Barry, uh, which is the famed Barry's banker, who's going to follow Morikara in for us this week? So I'm going for Paul Casey this week. I think when you weigh up the value in comparison with the form and all the other information that we've presented, the fact that he's a fantastic ball striker, putts really well. Um, as I mentioned, he ticks loads of boxes for me and I think he's definitely the one that stands out most out of the five selections. Well, congratulations on a great result last week, Barry. Let's hope we can cheer Paul Casey into the house on Sunday evening at Bear Hill. Thanks, Steve. And remember, you can read all of Barry's selections and more in his weekly column on nationalclubgolfer.com. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week for the Players' Championship, where we will have a bumper edition of Dialed In and our first special guest. Look forward to seeing you soon.